Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Sit, boo-boo, sit, boo-boo, sit. That's some bad hat, Andrew. It's a cool show. Get any of that? Not a doctor. Bye, have a good one. From your life. Fire Hello and welcome to the finale of Hunting Seasons, the podcast that dared to binge watch, deep dive and break down a season of television each and every episode. I'm Broderick Gordis. I'm Damas Leary. And today we'll be discussing Hunting Seasons, a TV podcast. Damask Leary, <laughs> how are you feeling? How are you oh, doing? I mean, I feel good. I good. I feel good. I feel happy. Good. Um, but yeah, just as we were leading up to press record, I feel very sad. I feel yeah. like you know the last day of like year twelve. You know what I mean? Like you're happy, oh. and you're, you're excited, and you're ready for it to be over. But you are like you're really sad. I don't know if I was sad enough at the end of year 12. I look back now at high school being some of the best years of my life. I'm like, you didn't realize what you were leaving behind. I still think about that. Whenever kids talk to me about like- When you talk about what you left behind, was it your hair? (laughs) That was part of it. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, No, when I talk to kids who are like, you know, Mm -hmm. talking about school and they're like, oh, high school's fine. I'm like- you will never be in a place ever again where you just have to show up for like six hours. All your friends are there. You do some fucking schoolwork and then you go home and like play video games. This is the best goddamn years of your life. Mate, as someone who um, I'm still in high school, I go to high school every day. <laughs> um, that's that's a beautiful like way of looking back at it. It's actually um, not the best years of anyone's life, I don't think. Um, it's pretty hectic to be a teenager. Yeah. It's not a good time. Uh, it's been like three months or something like that, since we did our Buffy season one review. I've Shit. since yeah. watched, I'm halfway through season four of Buffy um, mm. with my fiance, Steph. And we just finally watched Hush. That was very nice. Oh, um, lovely. Mm, I want to apologize to our listeners for the long break. Apparently, uh, we don't want the podcast to end. So, <laughs> we pushed this as long as we could. I was mostly ten- me pushing it back. My classic avoidant behavior. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good at that too. Don't worry. Mm. Especially when it comes to finishing things. Like, that mm-hmm. is just, I can get all the way up until like having to just get it out there and it just mm. won't happen. Yeah, I, I ten- never finish anything ever that's why i'm like so proud of having done hunting seasons for so long because i actually true. stuck with something and now yes completing it uh i was tempted to do a netflix and promise a conclusion but then cancel us before we could <laughs> ever get there because yes i am still mad about glow yeah um but what we've decided to do and this is part of the thing as well is we're trying to figure out how do you do a final episode what should we do we've decided to structure the finale like a normal review episode of the podcast except instead of reviewing a season of tv We'll be reviewing the last six years of the podcast. Mm, most self-indulgent um, bullshit you can imagine. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> very, it's like very meta, you know, very community. This is an R-bed within an R-bed situation. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully this works out. This could be one of the worst episodes we ever make. Hopefully it's a celebration of hunting seasons and the last six years. With that in mind, let's get to our spoiler-free review of Hunting Seasons, a TV podcast. Let me clue you in. Season in review. 
Hunting Seasons is a light entertainment slash discussion podcast created by Broderick Gordis and Damas Cleary out of their own boredom based on the habit of talking way, way too much about television. Premiering on January 1st, 2017, the story centres around Brod and Damask, two housemates who had been friends since high school trying to catch up on all the prestige TV shows they'd somehow missed by binge-watching, deep-diving and breaking down a season of television each and every week. The show mostly stars Gordis and Leary, but are occasionally joined by the likes of Cameron Williams, Joe Coughlin, Lauren Jankowski, Matt Palmer, Lucas Heil, Kyron Morrison, Joel McDonald, Hannah Dallas, Lauren DeJong, Sean Kirkpatrick, Liam Gordis, and unofficial third chair Paul Mitzi of the Swapcast podcast. Hunting Seasons, a TV podcast, consists of 200 dedicated review episodes and 40 bonus episodes, including Off Topic, Hot Topic, Quarren TV recommendations, and more, with each episode coming in at around one hour and 36 minutes and taking us approximately 383 hours or almost 16 full days of our lives to record, not to mention, prepare and edit. So, Damask Leary. Before we get to our spoiler-free review thoughts, mm-hmm. uh, just a quick leading question. How familiar were you with podcasts before making Hunting Seasons? Um, great question. Uh, I was very, very familiar. I don't really uh, – this is a weird thing. I'm sure I've mentioned it before on the podcast. I don't really listen to music. Mm. Um, I don't know why. Like, music is fine, obviously. It's the reason it exists, but it's not really my jam. Um pun intended but like i i have always loved podcasts the first podcast i ever listened to i remember i was in the car with my good friend angus and he told me about uh how did this get made and he was playing an episode and i just thought it was so funny um and i just fell in love immediately and one of my favorite things is like you know playing minecraft or another game like that and just putting on a podcast, oftentimes one that I've like listened to over and over and over again. Um, comedy podcasts, improv com- like podcasts are my favorite. And it actually reminds me of when I was younger and I used to play GTA. And my mm-hmm. favorite thing to do was just drive around and listen to the comedy like talkback radio stations. Sure, sure. And I, was, and I would re-listen to those because obviously it's on a loop. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just... I, I love them very, very much. It helps, like, drown out all the thoughts. I'm an overthinker. Um, I don't know. You just hear stories and perspectives that you otherwise wouldn't. And I love them. Yeah. I'm I'm very similar. I don't listen to much music. This has become really evident. I do a trivia night thing every Wednesday mm. with some friends. And um, the last round is the music round. And I may as well not be there. Um, my, uh, I just, I, my finger is so far from the pulse of music. Um, so I listen to a lot of podcasts. I, it's hard for me to remember what my first podcast I ever listened to was. Mm. It might've been like the Rooster Teeth podcast. It might've been, actually, it was probably the Penny Arcade podcast where they were sort of, you got to listen to the, um, Mike and Jerry of Penny Arcade, um, basically make a comic. They were really, really interesting to listen to. Mm. It was very cool. Um, and then from there, I became an avid listener of a few different podcasts, especially the Slash Film Cast mm, yeah. um, with Dave Chan, Devitra Hardwa, and eventually um, Jeff Kanata. And also, so that was like a, a film podcast, movie news and review podcast. And a lot of the way, 
I think a lot of inspiration for hunting seasons came from listening to the film oh, cast. Absolutely. In a big Straight way. Straight up rip off, yeah. Uh, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Similarly, Jeff Kanata's other podcast, the DLC podcast, which is a video game po- discussion podcast, mm. a lot of like the fact that we have bumpers and stuff came from the, comes from the fact that they have bumpers for their mm. different segments, which I always really liked. Um, and then the other podcast I listened to, listened to a lot was the what's now the Easy Allies podcast and was the GT Time or GT podcast, Game Trailers mm. podcast, which was a video game discussion podcast. So there was this thing where I had like podcasts that were based on talking about film and talking about games. I didn't really have a TV centered podcast, mm. which may or may not have helped to inspire us <laughs> to do what we're doing. Um, so, Damask, mm. with all that in mind. Would you like to give your spoiler-free review of Hunting Seasons, a TV podcast? Sure. Uh, I haven't written anything down, so let's see how this goes. Okay. Okay. So, I think it's fair to say that at the very beginning of the podcast, um, it's a little rough. I think our actors, our characters, our players didn't really know what they were doing (laughs) at all, Um, particularly the character of Damask. very much, I think, wanted to sound like she knew what she was talking about and often didn't. But that's okay because I think ultimately she's rather lovable. Um, the character of Broad is actually very knowledgeable, um, if not incredibly obnoxious, um, but also very, very lovable indeed. I think the evolution of the show, it starts off a bit like janky, but I think... They eventually find their rhythm. Um, I think one of the often when we review TV shows, we always say one character is important, caring about the characters, uh, and I think that uh, what I've heard from audiences or listeners of the podcast is that the genuine friendship expressed in the show is uh, one of the best aspects of it, and the way that the the two characters communicate sometimes with very different opinions, so oftentimes <laughs> with the same opinion. Um, but it's always like pretty respectful, and there's always like a great sense of love behind everything that's said. So yeah, I I think it does it goes all right. Yeah, very nice. All right. Well, having done two hundred or so reviews like this over six years, you would mm-hmm. think it would be easier to do this by now. In some ways, it is. But this review poses a unique challenge. Never before have I been so close to the thing we've been reviewing, so aware of what goes on behind the scenes. This situation comes with upsides, to be sure, but also downsides. If I'm I'm not careful, it could overwhelm me, send me spinning. So the smartest course of action is to stick to what I know, follow my process, and lean into my familiar style. What does that all mean? Break the subject down and focus on its technical components, of course. (laughs) Let's start with audio. It's hard to undercut the importance of sound in the podcast medium, so it's disappointing that Hunting Seasons is such an auditory mixed bag. Like many (laughs) aspects of the show, the quality quality undoubtedly got better as the show went on, Mm -hmm. but it's impossible to ignore the state it started in. You would be forgiven for thinking the hosts were crowded around a single cheap microphone inside a cavernous living room. So I was... (laughs) So I was thankful when an obvious bump in budget helped to improve production standards relatively quickly. Now, that's not to say it was consistently smooth sailing from then on. Not even the best quality sound equipment in the world can cover the undeniable intrusions of nearby traffic, dogs barking, or hosts vaping. I also suspect... (laughs) 
<laughs> I also suspect the talent Why was... you op- had to s- ask me to stop doing it? <laughs> a lot of, I just gave up eventually. It's definitely in there most of the time. I also suspect that the talent was often not even in the same room when recording. Not since Arrested Development Season 4 has more oh, work yeah. been p- put into creating the illusion that performers were sharing the same space. On the visual front, hunting seasons leaves a lot to be desired, mostly because, mostly because the majority of the episodes have no visual, visuals to speak of. Of the few occasions videos were included, only once were actual studio lights and professional cameras utilised. You have to wonder if something used so rarely and so roughly was worth including at all. On the other hand... <laughs> I, I also remember I'm wearing glasses, because that's before I had the glasses I have now, I'm wearing glasses in that recorded episode because I had a huge pimple on my nose um, and I'm still very thankful to my day that it, to this day that I that I did that. Mm. On the other hand, a highlight of Hunting Seasons, possibly its biggest strength even, was the convincing chemistry of the two leads. Something about their back and forth feature, featuring both af- affection and friction leads believability to the notion they're truly decade-long friends, or more than that actually. There was a balance with Damask's focus on story, character, and the emotional side of their conversations, not to mention her sharp wit, against Broad's focus on the process, structure, and formula of the form, all while stumbling to read and pronounce even the most common of names. (laughs) But while this pairing certainly worked well on its own, it was always a highlight when they were joined by additional characters. So much so that I wish they could have included special guests far more often than they did. A missed opportunity for sure. If pressed to name Hunting Season's most significant weakness, I'd have to pick its pacing. Both in the micro sense and the macro. On one hand, early episodes ballooned to almost three hours in length. (laughs) How did we have so much to say and everything was important that it needed to stay in? The one that stands out is the the Westworld Season 1 one, which we basically like sifted through with a fine tooth comb. That is a long fucking episode. Um, and only after a huge structural overhaul, where familiar aspects of the original show were spun off into their own side series, did installments get reined back to a more relatively reasonable length. On the other hand, while season one featured almost 50 episodes, we released an episode basically every week in the first year. Yeah, I was working like 12 hours a week. I'd hate <laughs> we the time. <laughs> didn't have much going on. Um, each releasing at a blistering clip and on a reliable weekly schedule, behind the scenes challenges meant passing. Each passing year featured fewer and fewer episodes with less and less consistent release dates. How the small but loyal audience stuck around for so long as they did is nothing short of a small miracle. Finally, something has to be said for the quality of the writing. It had its highs, especially during episodes discussing the best and worst plays of the TV landscape, with emotions, humour and hyperbole colouring the dialogue of the leads, but it has its lows too. It's hard to know for sure, but there is reason to believe that some episodes were produced using first drafts or scripts that were still being written into the early hours of the morning or even right up to the time of recording. Some have even speculated that more than a few episodes were almost completely ad-libbed with barely a script to speak of. Unless your name is- I just couldn't be bothered, all right? I just, <laughs> you know, I, I showed up. Usually hungover, but I showed up. Unless your name is Dan Harmon, this shit just doesn't fly. <laughs> Hopefully by now it's evident that the Hunting Seasons TV podcast 
represented a multitude of varying technical qualities and inadequacies. But despite its unbalanced audio tracks and Brod's constant mouth breathing into the mic, the show repeatedly managed to achieve its primary goal. Allow two media nerds with a tiny amount of insight and absolutely no filter to regularly get together and immerse themselves in the medium they love, while simultaneously sharing their love and connecting with the like-minded people all over the world. As a wise man once said, it's not the quality of the MP3 file you upload that matters, it's the friends and dedicated online listenership you make along the way. And by that metric, Hunting Seasons was a rousing success. Uh, before we get to our scores out of five stars, Damask, um, we do have some messages from listeners mm. um, of the podcast who want to share their thoughts as well. I'll start with this one um, from Twitter. Um, this one comes from Steve Jeffrey, one of uh, the most involved mm. listeners of the show. And I want to thank Steve right yeah. here, right Love now. Love you, Steve. And GJ Corbin as well, yes. who um, I don't think is on social media much anymore, but hopefully gets a chance to, to hear this as well. Mm. Um, those GJ two in particular. Is a champion. Yeah, yeah, really, the, yeah. These these are some of our most dedicated listeners, and we loved having them involved in the show. Yep. Uh, Steve writes: Can neither confirm nor deny emotions were running high listening to this. This is us announcing, of course, that we were ending the podcast. You guys are one of the first podcasts I started properly following. It's been lovely hanging out with you for the past few years. Big love to you both. Thank you oh, very thank much, you. Steve. That's nice, Damask. I think you have a tweet from Fred. I do. All right, so Fred writes: This absolutely kills because of you guys. I've seen shows I never would have. Well, I love Brod's logic and I love the technical side of his reviews. Damask is my spirit animal and I go on every emotional roller coaster with her. I wish I liked and subscribed more. That's very sweet. Appreciate that. And we have some emails, which are a little bit lengthier than our tweets. This mm-hmm. one, first one comes from Georgia. Hi, Damask and Broad. I've loved and listened to Hunting Seasons for a few years now, and I just wanted to email and say thank you for the hours you've spent making such wonderful content. I've loved hearing your unique takes on so many TV shows. You guys have allowed me to get a lot of street cred from my friends and family every time I recommend a new show that I've discovered based on your recommendation. I also have never thought anywhere near as deeply about shows as you both do, and so I have loved listening to your analysis and nuances that I do not have the knowledge to notice. I do not know how I will ever keep up to date with TV and movie news without the off-topic hot topics. I'm glad someone appreciates those. I wondered (laughs) if anyone gave a shit. I wish you both all the best with your future endeavors, and I look forward to listening to any podcast you put out in the future. I hope you enjoy some well-deserved downtime. Cheers, Georgia from Brisbane. P.S. Taskmaster is the best show I have ever watched, and I would never have found it without you, so thank you again. Also, Mm -hmm. they have put a lot of the season back on binge. This is true. There Mm -hmm. is a huge amount of uh, Taskmaster on binge, and in fact, it's now coming out week by week on Binge in Australia so I don't have to go the high seas to get it anymore, which is (laughs) fucking great. Uh, Damask, you have an email from Daryl. I do. All right. So Daryl writes, Hi, Damask and Broad. When I heard your announcement to end the podcast, I felt as if someone told me a close friend was leaving and I had only a limited time to enjoy their company. Although difficult, I'm not at all surprised by how much it hit me right in the feels. Listening to your podcast has been such a big part of my life for the past few years. It's hard to imagine how I will fill the inevitable void left behind when you are gone. I still have very visceral memories of listening to episodes to get me through those hard lockdown days. There were times I'd hold off on listening to an episode until I could be out and about on either a bike ride or walk or run, just so I could feel like I was in the company of good friends that entertained and informed me in ways I never expected. 
introducing new phrases in my, into my vernacular, such as show, don't tell, and a bunch of others. There were even moments where I would tear up as Damas did, moved by her heartfelt words as elements of shows resonated with her at such a core level. Other times I'd share in Broad's passionate assault on toxic masculinity and generally shitty behavior of men in power. Whenever I describe, recommend this podcast to friends, I'd say it's actually like listening to a friendship of two people who happen to be passionate appreciators of good television. This experience is often taken up a level when Paul Mitzi, unofficial friend of the team, is on an episode. That guy just genuinely cracks me up and I've literally lolled unexpectedly so many times just from his comments and or Damasco Broad's responses to his reviews. I mean, I'm still not going to be able to finish the first season of Upload, but I'm still a fan of some of his other suggestions and reviews. Anyways, I just wanted to say thank you so much for the podcast and in my own case, teaching me more ways to appreciate TV, friendships and people. Longtime fan, Daz. P.S. It's also cool to know that other people love Penny Hearts as well. Amen to that. Mm -hmm. Uh, From Sean Kirkpatrick. Uh, who has created uh, the logo and uh, other images mm-hmm. of the show. Hey, beautiful people, just wanted to drop you a line for your final episode. So sad to see you go. One of my favourite traditions over the last six years when finishing a TV season is to jump straight into the relevant hunting seasons episode immediately afterwards. The level of insight that Damask and Broad are able to access off the top of their collective noggins blows me away every time. And I always leave with a deeper level of appreciation for the medium. Uh, parentheses, they're fucking funny too, which is obviously a sexy quality of any podcast. Uh, when I, what I admire most, however, is their sheer sincerity. In a time when cynicism is more prevalent than ever in the review world, hunting seasons with a breath, was a breath of fresh air. These are two people who are unashamed to wear their passion on their sleeve and express just how much a beautifully crafted story or character means to them, and by proxy have inspired me to do the same. This show is essentially listening for anybody, essential listening for anybody whose lives are made richer by storytelling. P.S. During the Buffy episode, you allude to an argument with a friend that led to the genesis of the podcast. I was at least one of the people present during this argument siding against <laughs> Buffy, and let me say up top, I was almost definitely, I was most definitely being a whiny cynic, and Damask had every right to rant me into oblivion for three hours. You may not have been looking for a bookend to hunting seasons, but here we are. Well done, and love you big time. Love, Sean. And Damask, there is one more email from Shari that uh, if you could read that one, please. Absolutely. All right. So Shari wrote, I unfortunately found your pod about six years too late, but I've enjoyed listening to all your previous reviews. I really loved how in-depth you went in your reviews and actually looked forward to your differing perspectives on things, as that usually leads to the most interesting discussions. Though, sorry, Brod, I'm more often on the same page as Damask, LOL. Anyway, just wanted to say goodbye and good luck to you both. And if you ever decide to podcast again, even on a limited basis, I'm there for it. Thanks for all your hard work, Shari. Shari coming in with the correct opinions. <laughs> appreciate it. <laughs> um, thank you, everyone, who took the time to write us a message. I really, really appreciate that. We loved um, reading these over the last couple of months as well. Um, and uh, it honestly means everything that, A, anyone was listening at all, but B, um, listening to... The, the idea that we've anyone has enjoyed it or got anything from it is just uh, the most gratifying thing in the world. So thank you, thank you very much, Damask. Uh, there's um there is something I wanted to read. I didn't know where to put it in, but I think it kind of leads into this. But okay, before, before I start, I just wanted to say thank you so much for those wonderful messages. Um, it really does mean a lot to me, and I know it means a lot to Broad as well. It's really lovely um, to know that people have I don't know 
put up with us for, <laughs> for so long. Chosen and, to be anywhere near yeah, us. And have, <laughs> and have enjoyed uh, aspects of the show. All right. So, okay. So, this is what I wrote. This is quite a while ago, but when we were first talking about ending the podcast and I just sat down and wrote a little something. Um, so, almost every email we have received has commented on our friendship. People hear the way we speak to one another and share our perspectives in a loving and special way. So, I want to speak to that. In many of the emails, I'm realizing that people are marveling at the way we relate to one another, which means that they perhaps don't have that kind of safety in their own lives. And I just want everyone to know that every person needs a broad. Broad is my brother. He's my moral guide. He's my cheerleader. He's my soul sister. And that last one is precious. Not many women can speak about a straight man and call them a soul sister. It's a huge compliment, the ultimate I can give. Broad has supported me in my love for TV. And what I mean by that is that he has challenged me at every stage. I think you've heard a lot of those moments on this podcast, but never in a diminishing way, but in a way that makes you examine why you love a thing. He wanted a deeper understanding from me and he made me think about why certain elements of story worked for me and why others didn't. His interest in my opinions deepened my love for something that I already held most dear. If it hasn't been clear throughout the years, although I think it is, I fucking love this guy. He's taught me confidence in passion. He's taught me how to be confident in my own opinions. And honestly, he's taught me a lot about feminism. I want to honour who Brod is as a person, sure, but also as a man, specifically a white cis het man. There are a lot of men out there that look like him and come from similar backgrounds who have not become as wonderful as he is. And I know men can do better because Brod lives it every day. He's so honest and kind and strong. You know, I see men struggling with so much, all the things they're told they can and can't be, all the things they should or should not feel. But it's been so lovely to see Broad being exactly who he is, connecting with, a, with whatever brings him joy and encouraging those around him to be as passionate as he is. Broad challenges me to speak louder and more passionately because he speaks so loudly and passionately. He'll challenge me because he, he lives life with endless curiosity about the thoughts and experiences of others. His intensity in our conversations exists because he believes my opinions are valid and he wants me to express them as loudly as he does, which is impossible, obviously, but I keep trying. I, I just want to, to all those emails we've got where people, you know, enjoy our friendship, I just want to say, find yourself a friend like Broad, someone that both encourages and challenges you. I feel so happy that I could share him with you all for as long as I have. It's been one of the most joyful experiences of my life. But now he's got to go and be legitimately, I think, the best dad a kid could have. I don't know what to say. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Lovely. Um, I love you too. And Thank I you. didn't prepare anything like that. But speaking oh, of come the, on. I know. I know. <laughs> Take it all back. What a shitty yeah. friend. Um, but speaking to that, I think it's interesting when you look at the emails the and not just the emails that we've read out today, but like going back through a lot of the correspondence we've got around the show, mm. is how many people, how many people talk about uh, connecting with you, Damask, particularly and listening to the show and connecting with either not just your opinions, but like um, I think just enjoying you and your energy, but also 
your emotionality and sort of your connection to <laughs> being dysregulated. Yeah, the art. No, <laughs> because you you feel it, and you're so much. You're so like your um, emotional intelligence, the way you connect to the characters and the stories, which I I'm ex- extremely analytical, and I can see why. Damask is everyone's favourite because she's my favourite too. Oh. And <laughs> that's not true, but I appreciate that. I'm sure there's no, plenty true. of people out there like, this chick's a fucking idiot. But that's really lovely. Thank you. And I, I received that. Okay, good. Because I, I was like, I'm, I'm fumbling here because I can't. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I haven't written this down. I need time. I need warning. Damn it. Damn it. Final score and ranking. Damask, Ooh. what would you score hunting seasons out of five stars? Here's the thing. Similar to BoJack Horseman, I think it's a five-star show. But every season I was like, eh, it doesn't really deserve five stars. Um, I, I'm going to say I'm going to give it four and a half um, because it's a, it's, it's a glimpse of our friendship, which is five stars. So it's not the whole thing, but it's – a lot of it, and a lot of it is good. I'm going to give it three and a half. It's, it was like, <laughs> it was decent. Sometimes it was excellent, but, you know, I just couldn't quite push it to that yeah, yeah, full, yeah. like, four stars. Yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll Slightly above, yeah, average. yeah. Above average. Yeah, cool, yeah. cool, cool, cool. Yeah, sweet. Kids, I'm going to tell you an incredible story. Story time with Damask. A long time ago, about 17 years there was a string bean of a girl called Damask and a boy with luscious raven locks named Brod. These two friends would often gather and watch a little-known show called Buffy. As the DVD player whirred, spinning the shining disc, their favourite stories would unfold before them. Sure, they'd seen them countless times before, but each time there was a new thing to discuss or discover. And with these discussions that grew louder and louder, drowning out Giles's lament in Once More With Feeling, Something very special was occurring. In the light of a flickering TV, a friendship was forged. One that would ebb and flow with time, but that would always come back to life, much like their beloved Buffy. Fast forward to 10 years ago. After a long separation, the two friends came back together. The girl was still a string bean. The boy, however, had far fewer raven locks, but he was still a cutie. They would gather and write stories together continue watching the adventures in Sunnydale and dream of one day adapting their favourite book series into a Peter Jackson-helped epic. It would never happen, and sadly that movie would be a trash fire that Damas still refuses to watch, but despite many, many years passing by, they could still share the thing they loved most, story. The two would then move in together, along with a pair of hippies slash actresses, Now, these two acted like older sisters to them both, teaching the friends about adult life, the best bars and restaurants in Melbourne, and why The West Wing was one of the best shows of all time, a fact Damas still struggles with because the show makes her feel dumb and she finds it to be (laughs) practically unwatchable. As the two shared a bed, platonically, of course, (laughs) because Damas was kind of homeless and technically not actually on the lease, um, every night became a slumber party. It was there that they watched Cora for the first time, then Stranger Things, True Detective, and so much more. Passionate discussions were had around the dinner table in that house, 
Weekly viewings of Game of Thrones were heightened by excited gasps at twists and turns and hour-long rants by Brod about theories he had and just needed to share. <laughs> they would drink, laugh and debate about all of the stories they were able to share under one roof. Being young, these discussions were overwhelmingly energetic and that energy needed to go somewhere. We should start a podcast, the pair exclaimed. As I'm sure you're all aware, but those five words make up the most common phrase uttered by average white people with too much (laughs) self-importance. So that's what they did. They started a podcast. Brod bought all of the equipment. He was the one with the real job after all. And the first iteration of the Hunting Seasons podcast was created. A simple concept. Let's challenge ourselves to watch all of the great shows we know we should have already seen. We'll make a list and slowly begin chipping away. The very first episode was recorded on the very bed that was home to many of their TV watching adventures. They vibrated with nerves, with fear of judgment from a non-existent audience. But they pressed record and mumbled their way through a chat about Breaking Bad. The original concept of the show quickly became untenable as with each year more and more incredible TV was being made and so the show had no choice but to evolve. Let's just watch stuff we want to watch and shove in a few of the greats here and there, the two friends decided. As the show grew, so did the listeners. One of their greatest pleasures was looking at the numbers, roll in and the locations of those who were listening to their silly opinions. Folks from all over the world would join them each week as they debated whether or not Westworld Season 2 was the most infuriating sophomore season of all time. Some would even be generous enough to write emails with kind words and encouragement. These messages meant the world to them both, so even though the numbers were small, they continued on, motivated to keep talking about what they loved. A burgeoning podcast network reached out and wanted to support the show even further, Sadly, it didn't last long. The network collapsed. However, it wasn't long before Hunting Seasons was picked up by another. That lasted a little longer. But (laughs) (laughs) as the world of podcasts began to bloat, the market for smaller networks to survive just didn't exist. So they were on their own, once again, floating in a vast pond, the smallest of fish. But also, they weren't really alone. Not really. While the scaffolds that were provided by network fell away, what remained were some great connections with people that were just as in love with the medium. One very special person was Paul Mitzi. He was just as passionate as the two friends, although he undeniably had much, much, much worse taste. (laughs) But they loved him because of this, not despite it. Through breakups and breakdowns, all Damascus, of course, the show managed to churn out 200 episodes. It even managed to survive a year of the two friends being on the opposite side of the continent from one another. But now it's time to move on. Not from each other, of course, that would be impossible, but from the show. As Damask is finding herself in a career that feeds her soul, and Broad begins a new adventure of undoubtedly becoming the best dad in the world. We're leaving you in a very different place than where we started. We'll miss you all a lot and the gem that was this show. Hunting Seasons has become a digital monument of a friendship that has lasted almost 20 years. A friendship that's very foundation is a love for story, looking deeper into the lives of others in order to better understand one another. Learning what we each connect to, dissecting it and honouring it in a place that is safe to both laugh and cry. From the bottom of our hearts, thanks so much for listening over the years. 
The end. Deep dive. It's cool to know other people think about this stuff too. Thank you so much for writing at one final story time with Damask. I know lots of <laughs> listeners have have missed them over the over the years, um, over the how long it's been now since we did lo- did the last one. Um, I mean, I always enjoyed them, but I'm just too lazy. You know what I mean? It's it's a lot of work. There is a huge <laughs> amount of work, so it was wonderful to see one more, um, and such a beautiful one. I gotta say. We got to do something that's not quite so sappy. This is going to turn to the wankiest <laughs> podcast ever if we don't talk about TV for a second. Yes, let's um, do it. So, uh, let's use the deep dive discussion section of the podcast to talk about the TV shows we've reviewed basically over the last yeah. six years. Um, starting with, I thought we'd just talk about like the best and the worst of different sort of aspects. Mm. And this is the sort of thing we've done when we've done our yearly, yearly review episodes here and there. Um, our Christmas episodes or our New Year's episodes, starting with like, let's just discuss best seasons. So, mm. the best way to talk about this, I think, is just to mention them. If we've got anything to say about them, we can just sort of comment along the way. Mm. So, I've looked at the best seasons based on how we've reviewed them. Mm-hmm. So, I've given a total of 18 five-star reviews to seasons mm. of television. They are Rick and Morty season three, mm. Fleabag seasons one and season two, I May Destroy You. It's mm-hmm. a Sin, both of which only had one season, Loki Season 1, Firefly, The Wire Season 4, True Detective Season 1, Succession Season 3, Community Season 2, Glow Season 1, which is an off-mic score because mm. I actually wasn't on that review episode, but I, I rev- told my review when we did Season 2, Master of None Season 2 and 3, American Vandal Season 1, Russian Doll Season 1, but only after I changed the score with the powers of the 100th episode. <laughs> Avatar, Avatar: The Last Airbender season two, and The Legend mm. of Korra season three. Uh, off that list, any surprises there? I'm sort of surprised. I've really fallen off Rick and Morty. Mm. Rick and Morty season three getting five stars. I listened a little bit back to that review. We really loved the show at the time and were glowing yeah. about that season. Yeah. Um. Otherwise, that seems pretty consistent for me. Nothing else there. I suppose Master of None season two and three both being five stars is a little bit shocking. But um, that was a pretty high quality show as well. I don't know. Yeah, I think... No, nothing stands out. I think just upon like reflection and because I look through the list that we have as well and Mm. looking at what I had given five stars and all that fun stuff, um, I think particularly early... On or maybe not even, yeah, probably throughout. Actually, I think when we're reviewing kind of prestige TV or things that are considered um, absolute classics and must-watch and the greatest of all time, I was giving higher scores, and I think like was like true to my heart in terms of my like terms of like enjoyment and stuff. I I think if we're going to look at any particular series for that. It mm. has to be Breaking Bad. Because if yeah. I go back through the Breaking Bad scores, you gave some very high scores and you talk about I don't now like, like you that hate show it. At all. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I don't I just I I think um particularly early on because the show is like well crafted in a lot of ways, so I think Totally. Towards the like latter half of the show's run, I think it was MacGyver esque and a bit fucking stupid actually. Um, I mean, the very finale, the bit with the stupid, massive spoilers for Breaking Bad, the <laughs> the gun in the trunk thing just, in the finale. 
just every time he like got out of a situation, I was like, this sure. is like, what do we have? Like no real consequences anyway. Mm. Um, so I could like, I guess I was trying to be almost more objective about it than actually like being like, well, do I actually enjoy watching this sure. show? And the answer is no. And I think I kind of feel that in a similar way about the Sopranos as well. Like yes. I think there's one, it's a very different time in television. So the show just feels quite old in terms of its mm-hmm. construction. Um, but did I enjoy watching that show? No, no, I did not. Um, I had some cool moments, but beyond that, no, nah, it's not really, not really my jam either. Um, but yeah, no, so no, nothing on your list surprised me. Okay. I have something to say about The Sopranos later in the podcast. I'll come back Ooh, to that then. Okay. So, I had I gave 18 five-star reviews. Mm-hmm. Damask, you gave 29. <laughs> what? More than one in, one in- One out of- One and a half out of every 10. Basically, three out of every 20. Seems excessive when you say it like that. Yep. <laughs> so, those reviews were The Handmaid's Tale Season 1, a show you don't like. Um, it got, yeah, it got, I think if it was just season one, like the book, yeah. I think great show, great show, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rick and Morty season three, we both mm-hmm. got it five stars. Fleabag season one, but not season two. Yeah. Um, I May Destroy You, Loki season one, The Wire mm-hmm. season four, True Detective season one, Succession seasons one, two, and three. I stand by that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Community oh, no. season two, correct. Yep. Glow mm-hmm. Season 1, also correct. Russian yes. Doll Season 1, Breaking Bad Season 5, Part 1. So, this is getting towards <laughs> the end as well. Like, I think I just needed some... Con- well, I needed a conclusion, I think, and I was excited <laughs> about that. Uh, the End of the Fucking World Season 1. Stand by I, that one? I really... I, I'd have to re-watch it. I think I... That show. was a show where I really enjoyed watching it. Yeah. I think I yeah. really enjoyed that story. Um, Watchmen season one, The White Lotus season mm-hmm. two. So that's pretty recent. Bojack yep. Horseman season six, part two. Mm-hmm. Avatar, The Last Airbender season three. The Mandalorian mm-hmm. season two. That is crazy. That <laughs> Mandalorian season two got five I, stars. No, I think <laughs> once again, I really enjoyed it. And so I stand by it. Like, I loved it. I had so, so much fun, even though there's a three hour lecture at the end of that <laughs> podcast where you tell me that I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Which also uh, makes me love it more. I'm going to relish you, that five stars. Sl- quick side note, just for where yeah. we are in time for a second. Are, yeah. are you playing to see the Mario Brothers movie? I've already seen it. What did you think? I loved it. Okay, okay. Oh, I'm, no, did you not like I'm it? I'm going around ranting about how disappointed I am in it. It's, oh, my that's my, that's my current. That's my new Luke Skywalker at the end of Mandalorian Season 2. Is me <gasps> it's talking a movie about- for children and it was so joyful. I don't know oh. what you're talking about. Go anyway. find the latest, latest episode of the Story Mode podcast. I was a guest on it to talk about it. I go oh. into full details about why my problems are with that. Well, that sounds anyway. intolerable. And I'll definitely <laughs> give that a listen. <laughs> and now you know why the podcast is ending. Um <laughs> Atlanta season two, Westworld mm-hmm. season one. What, mm-hmm. a sh- what a show. The Sopranos season one, Hack season one, mm-hmm. WandaVision season one, yeah. The Legend of Korra season four, mm-hmm. Kidding season one, mm-hmm. Harley Quinn season one, yep. and Arcane League of Legends season yep. one. Wow. Yeah, I stand by them. <laughs> so, I don't know. I really like TV. What can I say? It's true. Collectively, yeah. both uh-huh. of us, and these we've all mentioned all of these already, but collectively we've, we've given- Five-star reviews to 10, maybe technically 11 shows. 
So this is a perfect score across the board. Rick and Morty mm. season three. Again, a show that neither of us really watches anymore, I don't think. I know. Um, it was so- I really enjoyed it, though. It was great at the time. Fleabag season one. Yeah. I May Destroy You season one. Amazing. Loki season one. Yeah. Wire season four. True Detective mm-hmm. season one. Succession mm-hmm. season three. Community season two. Glow season one. Russian Doll season one. And The Handmaid's Tale season one, because I wasn't on the app, on the ep, but I think I would have given it the same score, mm-hmm. basically. Of those- I think I stand by all of them. I, do. I don't think yeah. any of them I would say was incorrect. I think they were all all timer seasons of television. So I'm pretty happy with that. Yeah. Is there one of that list that stands out as being the best? Because for me, I'd say it's True Detective season one. I think the revelation on watching that again, because we watched it previously when it originally mm. came out, and watching it again to review on the podcast was how fucking good that season that how that season of television is just like basically Im- immaculate. I think. Mm. Um, I think I may destroy you. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I feel like it kind of came out of nowhere. It is its own story. It belongs to itself mm-hmm. and not a larger a, a part of something larger. Um, yeah, I think it blew me away. Um, yeah, so I'm. I think I'm going to go with I may destroy you. Um, I'll just quickly while we're talking about True Detective as well, the trailer for True Detective Season 4 Night Country, I think it's called, mm. uh, came out today. Looks mm. promising. Doesn't mean anything, but I'm intrigued. I will probably watch it. Because we did Season 2 as well of True Detective, didn't we? And, and that three. was terrible. And three. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. did them both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we did them all. <laughs> uh, best show. Mm. So, mm-hmm. I'll go first. Very easy for me to say Community or Avatar The Last Airbender because they have been like my traditionally favourite shows yeah. for a long time. So, I'm going to disqualify those two. Fair enough. I'm going to go based on like the stuff that we watched for the podcast specifically. The ones that come to mind early on are Glow. Really love Glow. Still yeah. fucking mad. Yeah. Atlanta, of which I haven't actually watched season four yet. I but have. I, I really don't, liked it. And I don't know why. I just haven't got around to it yet. Um, but every season of that was fantastic. Master of None mm-hmm. is really good. I rewatching bits of that with Steph, I was reminded how good that show really was. Mm. Succession, mm. which season four has not changed my mind. In fact, if anything, it's it's going up the rankings pretty quickly. I haven't quickly. watched any of it yet, but I'm really you excited haven't watched to. any of season I haven't four. Watched any of it? Damask, yeah. Damask. Yeah. The sake of saving yourself mm. watch the first three episodes of season four this okay. weekend i might just do it tonight when i like hang out this call and just, do like, it binge it and do it treat myself yeah because otherwise i'm worried that by the time you get to watching it some of the experience will be ruined for you so watch that okay. right. um the crown mm, what a fucking that a surprise great show that <laughs> it was it really is though i haven't watched the the last two seasons where like diana and stuff like, Neither yeah. have I, actually. <laughs> I haven't watched it. Um, but I really love those first three seasons, though. They were my favourite. Quality show. Mm. Ted Lasso, mm. um, right that's in the middle of watching season three as well. That's a show that's yet to prove it's going to stick the landing, but mm. yep. has been very good so far. I mean, the- it's just a joy to watch for me. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just enjoying myself at this point. Totally. The Good Place. Mm-hmm. I was very critical of The Good Place. You certainly were. <laughs> that show has stuck with me. 
Mm-hmm. In a surprisingly serious way. And it might be because we discussed it uh, like in depth, you, me, and Sean. Mm. Um, and that actually, they were really enjoyed that sort of series of reviews we did, the three of us. Yeah. Um, but the especially, it's like we talk about often how the ending is sort of so important because it, it mm-hmm. adds definition. It like, it, for the, the, everything that came before, the ending of The Good Place is so strong that the whole show, I think, is better for it. I really, Absolutely. really like that in all regard. Yeah. Um, Fleabag is probably my silver medalist. Mm. Um, that wasn't like both shows got five stars. Um, both seasons, yeah. Both seasons. So, sorry. For- wait, what's the gold medalist? Or you haven't revealed that yet? The gold medalist. Okay, here we go. Drum roll. Is BoJack Horseman. Mm-hmm. I I think it is the best show. It wasn't always my favorite show, as you said. Earlier on, we never gave a single season of BoJack Horseman five stars. I'm talking about Fleabag, which both seasons mm. I gave five stars to. Like, I see that as such high quality. Yeah. But there's something about what BoJack Horseman- I mean, BoJack Horseman ran for a longer time. It had more opportunities to sort of have bad episodes and bad moments. Mm-hmm. And there's one character in that show that Ugh, I still don't think God. is all that great. <laughs> and he and he's throughout the show for, you know, huge protections of it. However, mm. overall- it still blows me away what that show is and where it got to. Considering it started as kind of just like a mediocre Netflix-like yeah. animated adult comedy. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, spoilers, but BoJack Horseman is also my best show. Like, that is the gold medalist for me. I think, yeah, there's heaps of shows that obviously, um, yeah, we gave five stars to, I think, my silver medalist. It's not over yet, but from the seasons that I've watched was Succession, I think. Um, it's almost one of those shows that, for me, it's one of those ones that you're told is really great and then when you watch it, you're like, I'm pr- I get that it's great, but am I enjoying myself while watching this? Am I mm. enjoying the, the, the story? Um, but with this one, I have been. I, I think Succession is so well-written. The, the characters are wild um it's so funny it's just i love every aspect of succession but bojack horseman um i don't know like reaches into my soul in a way that when tv does that it like i don't know it like it it feeds me like it was such an emotional experience watching that show i think i was the most depressed I'd ever been in my entire life and have been since. Uh, I was in a really dark place and we were watching this little cartoon and experiencing a character like BoJack was both like he's such an alienating character but despite him being a horse, incredibly human and discussed really difficult things, difficult emotions, and obviously his expression of those emotions, very different from my own, but um, was, I don't know, it felt emotionally true in a way Mm. that was like both devastating um, and reaffirming. And yeah, I just, that show is incredible. And yeah, it's got to be the best show for me. And amongst all that too, like yes, it's it's heat reaching those highs mm. that that make it the standout. It was also just like very funny, and so funny, and very clever. Whether mm. it's like 
it's silly puns or it's alliteration jokes or <laughs> just when like it would try because it was one of those shows that wasn't afraid to to use its format to be experimental. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like to 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 do strange or out there or lateral thinking sort of episodes. Mm. Which is just always something I appreciate in TV. When well, it's such like an expression of like love for TV as well, which is like yes. another show that we both love is Community, which also is an expression of like love for like film and, and TV. does the same thing and loves to yeah. play with the format and genre and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, absolutely. So, from like a nerd perspective, like this is like, this is some really good storytelling using the tools that you have. Absolutely. Um, in a masterful way. Uh, yeah. So, on, on that level, it like was a sweet, beautiful song to me and then- the yeah, you know the emotions, the characters, yeah, also did the same thing. So two for two on that one, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, worst season, um, I only gave six shows a score under two, mm-hmm. um, and they were, and just like that, which I gave one point five. <laughs> Jessica Jones season two, mm. which I gave one point five. Upload season one, which I gave a one point five. <laughs> Paul Mitty. Twin mm-hmm. Peaks season one, which I gave mm. a one. Iron mm-hmm. Fist season one, which I gave a one, and Dead Like Me season two, which mm. I gave a one. If of those shows, which of those should have been elevated? Do you think which like one would you say does, does like deserves to be taken off that list and like redeemed? Just like that, Jessica Jones, <sighs> Upload, mean- Twin Peaks, Iron Fist, Dead Like Me. I feel like Twin Peaks certainly yeah. doesn't get a one. That's like, that's <laughs> a pretty, I mean, I, I remember your I arguments, but your points. And I like, I'm the same way. Like, I don't really vibe with that kind of storytelling as well. Um, but I think for what it was, um, it was very much its own thing and doing its own thing. Um yeah, I don't think it deserves to be on that list. Sure. Yeah. Um, Damask, you gave five shows mm. a score under 1.5 and weirdly didn't give a single 1.5 for the whole run of the over 200 episodes. No show got a 1.5. It's just a score you just didn't give for some reason. It was either a two or one or lower. Or above, obviously, mm. but like 1.5 just did not register. Nothing filled that gap, which I thought was I feel like if something's a 1.5, then really it's a one. It's a one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, those shows were Cowboy Bebop, Ugh. which you gave a one. So bad. American Gods Season 2. Just to clarify for those that haven't listened to the episode, it's the American live action remake. The Netflix remake. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, live yeah. action one. Uh, yeah. American Gods Season 2. Trash. Uh, which you gave a one. And just like that, season one also gave Trash. a one. Yeah. Iron Fist season one, which you also oh, gave a one. Disgusting. And Dead Like Me season two, which you gave a zero. <laughs> I'm hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, deserved. Absolutely yeah. deserved. Yeah, that's it's it's strange. I stand to by me all of those. That possibly the worst show we've ever watched. Mm-hmm. We watched like at the very beginning. Like it was Breaking Bad and Dead <laughs> Like Me. Mm-hmm. And somehow we really didn't find TV I, much worse than that. Well, at, I think at that point, what really spurred me on was I was kind of fascinated. I'm like, if this is the quality of show that it apparently is revered, Has a we are about following. to start a wild journey. <laughs> um, I, I was like, is this podcast just going to be like us getting angrier and angrier and angrier? And thankfully, we changed the format to kind of, we had a, 
a whole lot of shows that we loved. Obviously, apparently yeah. I gave five million five-star reviews. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that, that yeah. show was shit. We definitely mm. leaned into the shows we were more interested and also yeah. got into the habit of cutting ourselves off if a show was not working for us anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, we would stop reviewing a show mm. just for the sake of reviewing it, which was a yeah. wise move for our sanity. Yes. Um, collectively, the worst reviewed show was obviously Dead Like Me Season 2, which we gave a 0.5 to. A, a season, sorry. Uh, the worst show that we ever watched. You'd think it should be Dead Like Me. Mm-hmm. Um, however, the first season started at a 2. I vote that Upload's the worst show I've ever watched because <laughs> it started at a 1.5 and it de- didn't get any better than that. I, I refuse to review season two. I refuse to engage with that conversation with Paul. <laughs> yep. And let me tell you, it's not better. It never got better. <laughs> of course it didn't. Yeah. yeah. Can we officially give the Paul Mitzi Award for worst show we've ever watched to Upload? Oh, I d- one, absolutely he should get that award. But I... I- Truly think from the bottom of my heart that Iron Fist is a worse show than Upload. I, we never watched season two. Why would we? Like we had like, so I think the, this is something I actually forgot to put in the story time, um, but it was on my mind when I was thinking about writing it was the darkest days, the darkest <laughs> days of the podcast was oh, when we were the, forcing the ourselves Marvel to watch the did. Netflix Marvel series. Like, that was come dark on. Days. Like, the, like, I still love season one of Jessica Jones. I think it's a great season of television. Mm. Um, the rest of it, garbage. And Iron Fist is like the scum water at the bottom <laughs> of the trash can. Like, it's so bad. It's, yeah, it's upsetting. It's upsetting that it exists. That was that was like we just it was in sequence. I don't think we really had a break. Uh, I think yeah, in we preparation really wanted to for the ourselves. defenders. Yeah, we just watched, yeah. and they were long seasons too. They were like eighteen ep- No, maybe not that long. 12, 14, 16 episodes, something mm. absurd like that. That all ran for over an hour. Were all grim, dark, fucking wank fest, and the quality terrible dialogue. Oh my gosh. Oh, they were every one of them needed a, like <laughs> t- like a five episode cut. Like just I have just, less. I think I love the audacity of being like we don't have much story or we have too much story um we don't really have a vision of what we want to do um but you know what let's churn this out for like 22 episodes it's it's an upsetting thing to have to (laughs) behold um and i think we're amongst a, a rare few that have done it that have been able to do it and part of me is proud of that and I kind of want a T-shirt that says I survived Netflix Marvel series. But we didn't even watch them all. We didn't watch the last season of any of the shows, at least not for the podcast. Never watched Jessica Jones season three, never watched Daredevil season three, never watched Punisher season two or like none of them. We just gave up after the Defenders, I'm pretty oh, sure, I want which was that wise. I didn't survive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's more accurate. Um, best episode a harder one to remember specifically highlight episodes mm. these are the ones that came to mind for me um again i'm going to dq these ones but i'm going to shout them out because i've always loved these community season two has advanced dungeons and dragons cooperative calligraphy oh. and paradigms of human memory which are three of the best episodes of television ever but mm-hmm. also are, are like there are other episodes in that season that are almost equally as good what a, what a yep, season incredible television. Aussie Mandius from Breaking Bad Season mm. 5, Part 2, Episode 15. This is the Ryan Johnson-directed episode. 
Ooh, one yeah, where the opening episode. credits didn't even kick in until halfway yes. through the episode. Yeah, yeah. That, I know everyone talks about that being one mm. of the best episodes of television, um, but there is a reason. Like, it is impeccable. And, like, not just because the episode itself is fantastic, because of the, the payoff that is for what has come before, for everything. Things that were yeah. seated in season two of um, Breaking Bad that I wondered if they could ever somehow get back to, that they managed to weave in perfectly into that. Yeah. Love yeah. that. Um, this Extraordinary Being. Do you remember this episode by the title? You won't, because I forgot No, it. <laughs> of course I don't. The Watchmen episode six. <gasps> the one. Oh. Yeah. Was sort of behind the hood or under mm-hmm. the hood, whatever you want to call it, episode. Mm-hmm. Which oh my gosh, so just good. came in a, a series that was already better than I ever expected it to be. Oh, that was so good. Was extraordinary and and did so much. I don't want to say much because it's to actually describe the episode. I need is kind to rewatch that episode. That was a great episode of TV. I need that to was, rewatch that whole show. Actually. Yeah, me too, actually. Um, and the good place finale. Stands out for me. As I said, I sort of my entire interpretation of the good place has been affected by that. But I, I thought that finale was outstanding. Really did. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, sticking that landing was an incredible feat. Um, and I know, like, you struggled with elements of the show, but mm. that that finale, it was beautiful to watch. Beautiful. It was really beautiful. Yeah. Is there any any other episodes you can think of that stick out? In terms of best? Yeah. Um, I think the funeral episode of BoJack Horseman, I can't remember the title. That sticks out in my mind. I see. Oh, I see you. Oh, um, yep. That sticks out. I think the, the second last episode of BoJack Horseman sticks out as well. Mm. Not The finale is great, but the one before that even better, I think. Yeah. The one... Where a certain, I don't know if it's an episode or maybe it's a series of episodes. No, but it's the one episode. A certain character. Dies? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. In Bojack Horseman. Again, Bojack Horseman. Devastating. Yep. Devastating. Yep. Incredible um, episode. I agree. The underwater episode of Bojack. Yes. Also incredible. Essentially the hush of uh, yes. Bojack Horseman. Yeah, yeah. Yep. That's so good. So good. Yep. Um, so, <laughs> a lot of Bojack in there. Um, Although we never reviewed them, I'm just going to put uh, Hush from Buffy and uh, Once More Feeling in there, like two of my favourite. Mm, I the love body, uh, my Tabula Rasa. Which well. is immediately after. What a, yeah. what a run that in season That duo of Once yeah. More With Feeling and Tabula Rasa is like, oh, That's oh the gosh. disc, like- of my of my Buffy DVDs, they got the the most play. Yes, was that disc? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Oh, just when um at the end of Tabula Rasa. Sorry, I'm just like deviating now. But the end of Tabula Rasa, when Alison Hannigan Willow is at the Bronze and Michelle Branch is playing at the Bronze mm-hmm. and playing, she's singing "Goodbye to You" and it's so sad. <laughs> it's so sad. And then she's like crying in the kitchen or whatever because. She has to leave the house. Anyway, it's just devastating. That's right. That that whole ending is devastating. Um, yeah. So anyway, I, I got. We didn't even review that show, but that season. <laughs> we didn't. Uh, worst episodes. The, even harder to remember, but I've got a couple that came to mind. Oh, please go on. There was apparently a clip show episode in the first season of Dead Like Me, which <laughs> I don't remember because I've scrubbed all that. 
But just the fact that Oh my that they god, exist. I do remember that. And we were so angry <laughs> yeah. that they felt like Your they had audacity. enough content to be like, remember this guy wasn't episode this fun? 12. Like clip shows are bad. <laughs> There's a notoriously like the worst episode of The Legend of Korra is a clip show because they yeah. basically didn't have a budget, but they wanted to still pay their staff basically, so they made a clip yeah. show. There's an I know there's one in Scrubs that's mm-hmm. like the, my least favorite episode of Scrubs on a show that's, you know, got problematic when you look back on it. But it was a clip yeah. show. Terrible. But but they all happened late run. They didn't <laughs> happen in season one. It's when you actually have to like, you know, back in the day, even like before DVDs really, when you have been watching a show for like, I don't know, seven years um, and then they have a clip show. You're like, oh, I do remember that episode. Ha, ha, yeah. ha. That was funny. Episode 12 of <laughs> one of the shittest shows that's ever been made is like, that is rich. That is rich. Um, Stranger Things Season 2, Episode 7, The Lost Sister. The, oh. The, the one egregious. where 11. Egregious. And like, just stands out as like, you could rip that episode out of that mm-hmm. season and it wouldn't even matter that it's gone. But like, watching it was offensive that they- <laughs> That they, they, I don't know what went wrong. I think it was, it was meant to be a backdoor pilot, wasn't yeah, it, for like another show? I think so. But like watching it was devastating because you're like, they've lost it. They've lost <laughs> yeah. it. They can't come back from this. Like they, <laughs> they've lost the magic. It's done. We're done here. Yeah. Um, thankfully, they did come back with with a plum. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that episode was really bad. I think I'm going to give my gold star to the finale of Game of Thrones, though. I can't remember what it's mm. called, but like, but like. Uh, an episode so bad yeah. uh, after a series of episodes so mm. bad, but yeah. episodes so bad that what was once the like a cultural touchstone, it was a phenomena, somehow lost all relevancy overnight. Like that's yeah. how bad. Fucking spoilers for Game of Thrones. King Bran? What the <laughs> fuck were they thinking? The person with the greatest story of us all. I'm like, oh really? Because I was very tempted to fast forward through all of his scenes, but apparently. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that, I mean, that has to be it. The fact that that episode, I mean, obviously, yes, it speaks to the season as a whole, uh-huh. did it. But specifically, that episode renders the show unrewatchable because it, it has no point. Exactly. Like, can you imagine, like, on the, like, it is, it is the anti-good place. Like, mm-hmm. they are on two different sides of mm-hmm. the spectrum mm-hmm. in terms of, like, you know, there's rough patches in the good place or whatever, though I always really loved it. Mm. But m- with that ending made the show, I think, probably, who, know, who knows how things are going to change, timeless and a solid story and wonderful. <sighs> And then you have Game of Thrones and you have that <laughs> finale and I never I could I could not rewatch Why the show. would you ever bother? Why would you Why bother, bother? studying? Yeah. 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 Cuz you know where it's going at mm-hmm. all times. You know the like the the cliff it's going to dive off. Yeah, yeah. at the end. Yeah. Um biggest disappointments. Um mm. I remember mm-hmm. I remember being let down by Maniac. I we still gave it a 4. But I don't know why I've got this specific memory. Maybe it's just like I'm misremembering. But being very excited about that show. And then there were elements I really liked, but never kind of lived up to its potential. Yeah, I do think I I enjoyed it. But I think that it was like 
I feel like it was somewhat removed and cold, perhaps. I can't, like, I would have to rewatch the it show. It just kind of didn't but... use the concept very well. Like, a show that was mm. meant to be about, like, sharing dreams and, like, stuff like yeah. that with two. It kind of just didn't do much with it. And with, like, the cast of, like, um, uh, who was in that? Emma Stone and um, the other guy whose name I can't remember all of a sudden. Seth? Jonah Hill? Jonah Hill, thank you. I was going to say Seth Rogen for some reason. <laughs> Jonah Hill. Um, yeah, it seemed like it was going to be a slam dunk, which is a great idea. And it just never really got there. Um, still have a four, though, so maybe not worth mentioning. Mm. Westworld, a score change of minus 2.5. And what I mean is I gave season one a 4.5, and then it dropped from a 4.5 to a 2 mm. between seasons. Damask, it went minus three. It went from a <laughs> five to a two. Mm. Like, that's how, that's how, that's a huge disappointment for it to drop so much. Yes. Why the Last Man? Not because I thought it was a terrible show. I like I mm. thought I thought it was it was decent at least. It had potential certainly. Well, the, that was the problem. It was a show that I'd been looking forward to, that I'd mm. been championing, that I'd been pitching essentially for years, and then it came out was middling and then disappeared just as quickly. Like the the, the build up, the, the agony I went Sorry, through, the Dad. the fucking development hell this thing went to just kind of <gasps> go meh. And then disappear. <laughs> Such a disappointment. Yeah. Doctor Who. Oh. We reviewed two seasons of Jodie Whittaker's Doctor and like, it's not her fault, but man, those seasons were fucking grim. They that was sucked. so disappointing. It was so, I really wanted, the, I really desperately wanted them to be good and mm-hmm. they just weren't. Yeah. Uh, Ameri- American Gods went from being... Oh. Um, it was minus two point two five. Went from season one to season two. It dropped a very similar sort of amount to what um, uh, Westworld did. Killing mm-hmm. Eve, a show that starred so promisingly, and every season got like a star point worse. Well, I didn't somehow. even watch the final season because I was like, mm. "What's the point?" Think about how high you were on that show in season one, and even season two was still I a know. pretty big believer. I really had hope in season two. Yeah. Um, the Netflix Marvel shows always seem like they had potential. We've already discussed how disappointing <laughs> they were. Um, I'm not sure if disappointment's the right word, but True Detective having a five-star season <laughs> and then a two-star season. It's pretty fucking epic as well. That's just hilarious, yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, any other disappointments you can think of? Um, yeah, so Westworld Season 2 obviously was certainly on my list. I think Cowboy Bebop because I had never watched the anime, never got sure. around to it, and I was like, ooh, and the trailer looked cool to me, like super stylistic, interesting that was a pile of dog poop. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, oh, ugh, now I don't even ever want to watch the anime. Um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I think, because we had like, I loved WandaVision so much. I thought what yeah. Marvel was doing in terms of the TV space was really interesting. Um, that was really disappointing because I wanted to get to know those characters much more and it was middling and a bit shit. Uh, and just like that was a a disappointment. I think I knew it was going to be because you don't have Samantha and she's like the best sure. part of that show in a lot of ways. Or like not actually, I'm going to take that back. She, I don't think she's the best part of Sex and the City, but she is an important part mm-hmm. of the show. Integral, what, you might even say. Yes, yeah, certainly. Um, and I think Sex and the City, while problematic in many ways, I do think is – for the time, a really good show and absolutely rewatchable. Like, it's a comfort watch for me. I enjoy it. And this is a story about, like, four v- – apparently they're not, but 
very wealthy rich women like wealthy women in New York who are very 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 straight the straightest that you possibly could be apart from a couple of special episodes with Samantha um you wouldn't think it would be something that I would enjoy but I do enjoy watching it I think it it says a lot some interesting things and then they made and just like that and it is laughable it is such a bad show um every element of it it like it misunderstood itself Mm. and that was just disappointing but also like a lot of reactions to it were disappointing because I guess people just like wanted the characters back and we're happy to have them back. Um, I think it's almost impressive how the show tried to like, tried to like update its politics to be more relevant and somehow became more offensive. Like I, it was, it, it was kind of remarkable how by trying to go woke, quote unquote, somehow became like, like misunderstood everything. It was very strange. Well, I think what was, super strange about it was that many of the characters weren't woke and apparently had been in like cryo sleep That's for the last 10, 15 years. The most progressive and character had, from the original show had somehow live, just like, yeah. They live in Manhattan. Yeah. Like, and these are not women who like aren't going out and aren't part of like art and culture and that scene specifically. They're not like super wasps who like <laughs> only go to certain, you know, um, fundraisers or whatever. Like they're people who, from what we knew, were a part of like the edge of things that were happening and interested in art and culture and all that stuff. And for them to like be so confused by the mm-hmm. world around them in a way that seemed baffling but also entirely unrelatable mm-hmm. um and obnoxious i was like what are, what are we doing here and then obviously i had to watch miranda have sex with che while carrie was like shitting herself in bed like <laughs> right. was one of the most horrific scenes and <laughs> the least sexy thing i've ever seen on television <laughs> um was really upsetting yeah Biggest surprises. Something about what you described there was pretty surprising. But anyway, um, <laughs> I'm going to say Watchmen was a massive mm, surprise because that seemed yeah. like a like the fact that they were even making a sequel to not the movie, the Zack Snyder movie, but the actual comic book. Yeah. But the original creators were involved. Like everything about it seemed misguided and somehow was But excellent. they got it. Like they absolutely got the original in terms of the graphic novel. Um, added but also to didn't, it, try to, didn't try to recreate it. it. Like no, they, they no, built that, off it. That's what I mean. It's like they got the original in its in its essence. Yeah. Um. And then yeah, like what a what a feat to actually enjoy something some someone else has created mm. and honor it in such like a cool and interesting way. Like I can't even imagine having the ability to do that without feeling like a an echo of something you know like it 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 felt legitimate in itself um and that was really cool to say i'm trying to remember uh, damien lindelof that's right damien lindelof was like the the showrunner or the mm. producers a guy who i had decided a long time ago was like a cancer on storytelling 
Turns out <laughs> it wasn't him. It was like mm. other people around him, possibly what JJ made you Abrams. What think he was cancer? I don't remember. He, he, he was done? like involved with things like um, Lost and stuff like that. I think he was maybe involved gotcha. in the writing of like some Star Trek stuff that had gone really badly. Gotcha. And yeah. it seemed like Damien Lindelof was the cause. And maybe it was actually Alex Kurtzman and JJ Abrams who were the mm. bad ones. And Lindelof had actually been doing solid work. And I just think now looking back on it, there's an argument to be made about J.J. Abrams being a problem. I think J.J. Abrams is a fucking hack is what we found out at the time. (laughs) Um, American Vandal, a show that, like, you you pitch it to me. and a blessing. It it sounds fine, but doesn't necessarily, Mm. I wouldn't have thought it was, like, transcendent or, like, a great commentary on the medium, but absolutely was, like, a perfect Mm. send-up and also entry in the uh, true crime docuseries genre. Amazing. Both seasons of that. I both rewatch and recommend that show all the time. Yeah. I'm like, I know it sounds stupid, but what it is doing, one, it's really funny. Very funny. But also, what it is doing is incredibly intelligent, Mm -hmm. but it's like around the dumbest thing you can imagine, which makes it even more special and hilarious. Yes. Um, Yeah, that show's great. And or um, just Mm. a. The, the pitch for that again, I was like, why do we want to show this Cassian Andor character? He, I didn't even like Rogue One that much. Don't Ugh, want to see really a show about like him. That. Turns out it's like evolved Star Wars to a place it never gone before. That was pretty incredible. Arcane League of Legends. Mm-hmm. Um, I obviously wasn't nearly as hot on it as you were. I but love that show. Mm. You do love that show. I imagine <laughs> season two can't be too far away at this point. It must I be more not. soon. But like that as a video game series, uh, well, I suppose we're learning that like, although I'm not enjoying the Mario movie that much, video game adaptations, I think there is a boom coming when it comes to video game adaptations, both on TV and uh, in cinema. The, mm. the success of The Last of Us, the quality of things like Arcane, the success of the Mario movie, even though if I think it's a it's a pretty substandard film, um, I think we're about to see this fucking explode. This is going to like... This is going to be like the MCU, but for for video game movies. And Arcane mm-hmm. is a part of that because I had no interest in League of Legends, but they told a pretty uh, cool story yeah. with that. I still have no interest in the game at <laughs> all. Um, but I don't know. I, I love the world that they created, um, the way that they chose to tell the story. Um, yeah, I really liked that show. And it was just like a random thing. Mm. I popped on on Netflix. It was never on our list. Like, it was no, just that never. you found it, loved I it, and loved was like, it. we have to yeah. re- record this. Mm. Our Flag Means Death. I just thought it was going to mm. be a silly oh, pirate show. Turns out, um, you know, a wonderful love story. And <laughs> it's so beautiful. Like, yeah. Um, completely, again, transcended sort of like the, the, the pitch of what mm. you expect this show to be. Ted Lasso, I have no interest in fucking soccer. Oh, I didn't think I was going to be interested in watching a soccer show. I that- remember like when we would get together for D&D when I lived in Melbourne and, you know, we'd have those big kind of weekend sessions and the like Joel and stuff were like talking about this soccer show mm-hmm. and how much they loved it. I was, they're like, oh, you should definitely watch it. I was like, sounds lame. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. And I was like, fine. I'll finally sit down and watch it and just fell in love so quickly and so deeply. And one of those shows as well, I talk about Taskmaster a lot, Mm. um, being a show that got me through lockdown. Ted Lasso sort of season one arrived at the perfect time when things weren't great in the world Mm -hmm. uh, with COVID and lockdowns and so forth. And Ted Lasso really was a beacon of light and happiness and joy Mm -hmm. and hope when we needed it. Um, 
in the same way that I didn't think I'd like a show about soccer, The Crown, I didn't think mm. I had any interest in the fucking royal family. I thought I was going to be so bored. Yeah. Uh, that's an incredibly good quality show, at least the first four seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't watched the most recent one, but the that that's an exceptionally if nothing else exceptionally well made show like that mm. is the craftsmanship of that show mm. is exceptional um but like i claire foy um i still like love her interpretation of yes, Queen Elizabeth. my favorite yeah so good she, she, yeah there is something about that show that is just extremely compelling and uh, and, and the fact that every episode it wasn't one of those shows on Netflix because so many of them were that it was like a big movie being stretched out. Like every episode was an episode and you came mm-hmm. and you watched it and you felt like a complete... It was just... It's very, very well made, that show. And finally, for me, Twin Peaks The Return. Mm. I gave the first season of Twin Peaks a one. <laughs> I then some for some reason decided to watch The Return week by week and gave it a four and a half. I loved that. <laughs> I never loved... I never loved David Lynch before. Yeah. But something about that show made me go, I think I fucking get it. That mm. surprised the fuck out of me. I never expected that. Anything else surprise you? Um, I May Destroy You surprised me. Mm-hmm. I um, It was devastating, beautifully crafted, um, obviously came from the mind of one person. It was a deeply personal story um, and it – yeah, as I said earlier, like just blew me away. Uh, Harley Quinn, mm. I did not expect to love to the level that I did. I think I was like, okay, it's going to be like a fun whatever cartoon show. Um, or maybe it won't even be fun. Maybe I actually won't like it very much. And I had so much fun with Harley Quinn, the animated series. It was, yeah, I just, I fell in love with the character. Um, had some really beautiful and insightful episodes that, um, yeah, I felt like I hadn't watched a show like that in a while, an animated series like that. I think there's, you know, certain episodes that in terms of its uh, exploration of mental illness and mental health um, that reminded me of BoJack Horseman in some ways. And I just, yeah, I really, really loved it. Did you watch the Valentine's episode? Is that something that's coming out recently? Yes, yes. I then sent you no, a message I about it. Ooh, oh, did you? Sorry. A, yeah, that's Ooh. all right. There is a there is a val- an episode came out of Valentine's Day. Oh, um, just a standalone episode. Oh, I'm I, okay. One when after I've watched the Succession Succession episodes, I'll jump onto that. Hell um, yeah! I um, haven't actually seen past season one yet. Of Harley oh, Quinn. You haven't watched season two of Harley I haven't Quinn? Season, no, or it's three. so good. Yeah, I, I know I need to. Two. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm excited for you. Um, also, It's a Sin yes. was one of the most devastating shows I've ever watched. There's a particular episode that every now and then it'll pop into my head mm. and I will be on the verge of tears. When I watched that episode, I cried. Four days, mm. like full weeping, like oh, it was. Um, obviously, there's been many stories told around that time and mm-hmm. the decimation of um, the queer community, um, particularly that of 
uh, gay men, um, trans people, all of that stuff. Um, there are stories have been told. The way that that show decided to tell that story mm. was uh, unique, I found, in its tragedy because it was so personal mm. and the characters and that group of friends um, were so fully realised that when the devastation was wrought, it floored me, um, particularly with one character, but I, I was floored by it and still am to this day. Like I just think, you know, obviously full respect and empathy, you know, when I meet and have interacted with older queer people that lived through that experience, um, after having watched that show – my level of understanding changed Mm -hmm. and what that would have done to them on a much deeper level. Um, Yeah, I think that show was a huge surprise to me because I felt like I was was over that, like not over as in like whatever, but I felt like I knew what Mm -hmm. I needed to know about that subject and that time. Um, And emotionally I just – I didn't because how could I? You know what I mean? Um, I mean, but, that's the, what you're describing is the sign of good art, right? Like, yeah. isn't that the job as an empathy machine to mm-hmm. to allow you to, yeah. to to experience that? Yeah. Yeah. It was an incredible show. Mm. Any last words? Final thoughts. That's why you always leave a note. Do you have any side notes to mask? Yeah. So, I think one side note that I want to talk about is yes. obviously you, you specifically have mentioned quite a few times, but I'm right there with you, buddy, is about Glow being cancelled and yes. how much I love season one in particular. I thought it was like one of the best first seasons um, that I've seen. I just love that show. Anyway, um, another show that I recently fell in love with um, in a very deep way was A League of Their Own. Oh, yeah. So, oh, my God. I forgot this fucking news. We haven't had a yeah. chance to discuss this at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, I, the first season, in my opinion, was really good, really solid. Um, and this is one of my favourite movies of all time. It was very important to me growing up in a lot of different ways. Like, one, just, like, seeing women have friendships, be kick-ass, all that stuff. Mm-hmm was really great to see. Um, you know, a bunch of tomboys, that's what I was as well. Loved that show. Obviously, there is like it's beloved in like the queer community for mm-hmm. reasons that at the time when I was watching it didn't understand, but now as an adult I'm like, this is a super gay movie, um, but not actually gay. And then they made a TV show about it just in this past year. Um, Abby made Jacobson. Super gay. Yeah. <laughs> and they made the show um, reflect me in newer ways, but mm-hmm. also that honoured the original film. And I was amazed by it, loved it. And Amazon has decided to cancel it. They're Holy giving fucking shit. Season two will have four episodes to wrap everything up. <sighs> um, and it's really shit news. I, I, it, you know, it reminds me of Glow, something that, was yeah, so 100%. good, had so much potential, um, 
sure, might not get these huge numbers, but is just a genuinely good show and doing something um, important and different and all those cool things and just not getting – I don't know. I guess you got to spend $400 million on Lord of the Rings, I guess, is where the priority is. Yeah. It's not like Amazon doesn't have the money. You yeah. Know what I mean? like, that's what's I, insane. That's, that's what I understand. I think the thing that's frustrating as well is like – like the glow thing sucks because we knew the fourth season was going to be the final season yeah. and like it was so close to ending we were told it mm-hmm. was going to happen and then they just went actually no we're not going to do that anymore yeah. fuck you netflix with a league of their own season 1 is so strong and it ends in a way where you're like this has so much potential to tell so many great mm-hmm. stories and go so many great places and they're like oh yeah you're going to give you four more episodes and I, like, I don't want to sneeze at four more. I mean, four is better than nothing, I guess. I hope they're fucking three hour long episodes so we get a season's <laughs> worth of content out of them. But yeah, but it also feels like a massive slap in the face to think that that's enough. Yeah. Like, I don't. I think it. It like that. What the show was going to become, the potential mm-hmm. there is four episodes does yeah. not even skim the, the surface is, like- of that. This was never going to be a long-running show because- it's probably you know, three seasons at most. That's the thing. is like the history of that sport was like they did it, the boys came home from war, yeah. and then they most of them had to return to their lives um, and the league didn't function in the same way. Yeah. Um, so, we knew it wasn't a long-term show and that's yeah. fine. It's like something I actually prefer. Um yeah, really disappointing because that was, I don't know, probably my favourite show of the last year. Like I could watch and re-watch that show. It was the gayest show I've ever seen. But like <laughs> – and that in and of itself is not a compliment. Like I've watched all seasons of The L Word except for the latest <laughs> season of um, The Next Generation or what the fuck it's called, Generation Q or whatever. Um like, you can have a super gay show and most of them are terrible. This was a good show that happened to have a huge amount of queer representation, a huge amount of diverse queer representation. Mm. Um, but at its foundation was a good show telling an interesting story um, and telling a version of a story that I had already loved so much, but mm-hmm. adding to it, elevating it, to do, telling like- different aspects of that time and that story and i don't know now it's gone and apparently doesn't matter yeah it sucks it does suck i'm glad you used your side note uh area to to discuss that because there's one of those things i would have loved to have discussed on the podcast and one Mm. of the reasons i'm gonna miss especially now you know you've been on social off social media for a while i've sort Mm. of like jumped off myself recently yeah i'm i'm loving it but that ability to be able to just like talk about these things when they happen has gone away and the podcast was another one of these i'm mm. gonna miss that a lot because that need to be talked about thank you for bringing that I up i can't wait for all the giant rants of text messages i'm gonna get from you just so you get some way to express it 100 percent. uh all right side notes for you mm-hmm. how many episodes of tv have we watched do you want to guess i've got oh. the numbers here i've done how many, I've done how many shows have we done uh well we did 200 reviews so okay 200. How many episodes um, did we watch over the last six years? Oh, God. I haven't done maths in a long time. <laughs> um, I'm going to say... I was going to say 200. 200. <laughs> one, one per season. Brilliant. Um, I clearly have misunderstood what the show was. Um, I'm going to go with 500. Does Is that bad maths? I don't know. 
It's not what great it? maths. That would suggest about two and a half episodes per season. <laughs> the, the answer. Sorry. <laughs> I wanted to say a thousand, but that felt like too many. I don't know. What well, was it? The answer really is 2065. Oh, shit. 2065 episodes of television. Oh. What was the average length of an episode, do you think? Oh. Like, I've taken all the average yeah. episode lengths. And 45 minutes. Very close. 42 minutes, mm, which yeah. seems about right for me. Yeah. Uh, how many hours slash days were spent watching TV for this pod? How many days you of our lives? You told me at the beginning of the episode. You said 16 days of our lives. That's how long it was recording was. How much oh. actual TV did we watch on oh, top of that? Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, that's going to be depressing. <laughs> Although not because I love TV. Um, I'm just thinking about all the shows that I absolutely hated. Um, okay. So, recording 16 days. Uh, it's not like, mm, is it like 35 days or something? So, it was a total of 100, no, sorry, 1,441 hours and 50 minutes or approximately 60 days. <laughs> Watched 60 days. That's without sleeping, but that's that's yeah. us staying awake 24 hours a day for 60 days and watching television. That's how much television we watched wow. so we could make this show. Mm-hmm. The average ratings, okay? Mm-hmm. So, between us, our average star rating for seasons of TV was 3.73. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My average rating for me specifically was 3.75. Yours oh, wow. was 3.71, which is interesting because mm. Damask being the overall more negative is significant because you also were the one who did way more five-star ratings. Yeah. So, basically, what we learned is, like, you sort of – you rated, I think, more a- away from the moderate. I was more likely to sort of come to the middle around that two and a half. And you well, that, went – you, you just went, like, five stars and one yeah. star and sort of, like, flew yeah. to the when other When I thing. love something, I love it. When I hate something, totally. I am so personally offended that I had to watch it. Yeah, that makes sense. All right, biggest discrepancy in scores between mm-hmm. the two of us on a season of te- television. Now, it's always a two-star discrepancy. We never were more than two stars apart from each other. But considering mm-hmm. it's a five-star scale, that's that's still pretty significant. Yeah. This happened four times. Okay. Once for Pose, where you mm-hmm. gave it a two and I gave it a four. Mm-hmm. Once for The Queen's Gambit, where you Ugh. gave it a two and I gave it a that four. That sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Once for Twin Peaks The Return, where you gave it a 2.5 and I gave it a 4.5. Yeah. And only once where you gave the more positive review and I gave the more negative review. Kevin can fuck himself. You gave a four. Mm-hmm. I still think is lunacy. And I gave it a two. <laughs> did you ever watch season two of that? No, I keep forgetting to watch no, it. No, because it was, it was a two-star show. Or would you ever return to it? That's <laughs> obvious. It just, I don't think it's on any of my streaming services. I don't know it? where it is. I've got no idea. Yeah. Uh, nor do I care to find out. Number of shows <laughs> watched for each network. This is a little bit fudged, but I did oh. my best. So, okay. which networks do we watch the most of? Do you have any thoughts on which like streaming service? It's we- got to be Netflix. So, uh, just going through the main ones, Amazon Prime watched eight Amazon Prime shows. This isn't yeah. seasons, by the way. This is shows that we watch. Yeah. Disney Plus, also eight. FX and Hulu I've sort of put together because- mm-hmm. Maybe it's easy just to figure out which one's which in the States, but here they're basically like FX on Hulu. It's basically the same thing. Uh, 10, mm-hmm. HBO and HBO Max together, 19, wow. Netflix, 27. 
my god! So a vast majority of shows were from Netflix. Yeah. The best, mm-hmm. the best network based on our average ratings. Do you have any guess which which network we thought with overall had the best quality content? HBO. So Disney Plus a three point four, mm-hmm. which is a bit of an indictment on the Marvel shows, I must say. Yeah. Uh, Amazon Prime Video three point six, Netflix three point seven. FX and Hulu, again, together, 3.8. HBO Max, 3.9. They average very close to four Mm. stars with all their Mm -hmm. stuff, which is not that surprising when you think, you know, they're they're lauded for the quality of their television. Yeah. Highlights and lowlights. Did you? I don't know if I even got you ready for this. Did you you have a highlight and a lowlight? Or a worst episode of the podcast or a best episode of the podcast? Um, I can't think of... A worst thing. I think highlight. Sure. Um, the best podcast episode. I, I don't know about that, but <laughs> a, <laughs> highlight, a highlight, I think, is um, me being able to fully express mm. um, the importance of the final moments of Cora. I think- um, 100%. Re, like re-listening- to that episode, um, I think really highlighted for me, even as I was writing that review, um, like, you know, and I've had like, a, as a queer person, like a pretty like privi- privileged um, past or experience of queerness. Like I'm straight passing. So I walk through the world relatively easily. I come from like a, a very christian family and while i think being gay is a sin have shown me nothing but like love and respect and all that stuff but i do think that they're like lots of things that i experienced and heard growing up that really hurt me very deeply um and in watching one watching that show and re-watching that show for the podcast but also being able to demonstrate one of the reasons that I love television so much is, you know, feeling alone in a lot of ways in my life um, for various reasons, but feeling so much connection to the stories that were being told to me and, understanding by the people who were telling those stories and being able to express that um, was emotionally important for me mm. and I, I I really valued having the space to do that. Um, yeah, I think that's a real highlight for me. Yeah. I agree. It wasn't in my highlights bit, but there was a part later I wanted to talk to you about my proudest, what I'm most proud of. And that honestly, I think is the th- one of the parts, the things that we did that I'm most proud of. Like mm. the, I think you just expressed beautifully and very emotionally, obviously, very rawly mm. how important and demonstrate so perfectly because like the idea of like representation in media gets talked about a lot. Mm. I think- Using that specific example and then putting it in the context of your experience growing up as a fan of television, mm. but mm. also trying to like understand yourself as a as a queer woman and 
what you weren't getting from TV and what you were relying on, mm-hmm. like, from other places and when you can finally see it in something like Cora. Um, I think you just express that so perfectly and so powerfully. I'm very, 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 very proud of that. And if anyone Thanks. hasn't heard this for some reason, I highly recommend going and finding a Cora Season 4 review. It's basically the start of the spoiler review section. So, it is spoilers for Cora, but honestly, it's worth it just to hear Damascus, um, Damascus part there. Yeah, oh, thanks. Um, uh, my my pleasure was I felt I don't think I did a very good job at the time really expressing that, but I I genuinely think that that's the highlight of what we did basically and the thing I'm most proud of. Um, while we're talking about highlights though, I think our Quarren TV listener suggestions episode mm-hmm. is one of the best episodes we did. It's an episode where we basically had to do nothing, which was wonderful. We just got other people to send in. Um, their suggestions. But after doing that series of like us talking about shows that we're passionate about and we're like, mm-hmm. if people are looking for stuff to watch while they're in lockdown or whatever, we got so many entries from the community um, with their ideas and many of them like mostly written, but some recorded and stuff as well. I, I love that. I love being able to collaborate with with the community and, and I think that's a highlight for me. Mm-hmm. I also love our upload season one episode because it's just fucking <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> I listen to our review a lot. Like re-listen to that just to, I don't know. I get a real joy out of, and I love Paulie. Like he's so smart and he's so funny, but I really do enjoy shitting on that man. (laughs) Uh, Like he takes it so well. He does. He does. (laughs) I don't know. It's just a real pleasure of mine. Um, I'm going to say the low light. Uh, Our worst episode, the easy answer is to say the first episode because- you know, we were raw. Mm-hmm. We didn't know what we were mm. doing yet. Yeah. You know, it's rambly. It's still rambly to some degree, but you know, it was it was worse. Yeah, fair I, enough. And I, we also I, recorded it sitting on a bed. What were yeah, we thinking? What were yeah. we doing? Holding but our mics with our hands. Yeah. I kind of think my low light might have been that Mandalorian season two episode, which I stand by my criticism, but I <laughs> that was one where I just I <laughs> took hold of that bone. I would not let go. <laughs> if that's like. Oh, I mean, obviously, you know, I love when you get passionate. I think as as I've gotten older and our friendship has developed and grown, it gets to a point where like, and I learned this in the process of making the podcast with you, is that I think in the early days of our friendship, I felt like I had to like negate everything you were saying, but I grew more and more comfortable being in a space of like, I hear what you're saying, Brod. I just don't agree with you. <laughs> Which is a good way to be. I think that's important to be able to, to say. Because it's I, like I yeah. can't convince you because you like you have that strong conviction and I love that. And I'm not trying to convince you of anything. I'm saying, Brod, I don't agree with you. Yeah. I think that's a very important thing to say. Um, but I will say, just to reflect back on that, I did predict that Grogu would return to The Mandalorian in two, mm-hmm. in two episodes and I was... Correct. You're a genius, Brad. You're, I've you. always said it. You're thank the smartest you. man in the thank world. You. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> All right. We'll start wrapping up. Predictions, hopes, and concerns. Do you have any predictions, hopes, or concerns for what we'll be doing post-podcast? What are you What are you expecting is going to happen? Um, I think because at this stage in my life, I'm probably like planning on coming back to Melbourne at the end of next year. Mm-hmm. Um. Very if it's not then, it will be at some point. I'll come back to Melbourne and I have no doubt that 
One, you and I are always going to have these types of conversations about television for like the rest of our lives, whether it's recorded or not. Um, That's just very much a function of our relationship. But I think like when I come back, we'll probably like do a little something Mm -hmm. um, is my prediction, whether that's on like Twitch or whatever it might be. Do I have any concerns? I think I'm concerned that um, it'll eventually hit me how much I like miss these conversations um, and like having it being like, okay, like every week or two weeks or three months or whatever it is that we're like dedicating time to do it. Mm. Um, I think this has been like a really fun thing to do with your best friend. Um, So I think, yeah, I have concerns that I'm just going to like, I don't know, a week from now, just like cry in the shower and be like, what have I done? Um, Hope's concerned. We just have to find something that isn't public nor requires huge amounts of prep work that we can do together. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. Predictions. Yeah, I think we'll do – we will definitely do something. Um, What that is. Yeah, and I predict that it will probably be in the distant future because you're about to be a dad and (laughs) have other responsibilities. I think think we're going to do more stuff. I think – in the meantime, I've already been guesting a lot on story mode yeah. um, and did a little bit on Swapcast. That's really easy for me to do. I've got the setup. I can just jump on and talk some shit and let someone else worry about the prep work and the edit. That's mm. really easy. That's great. So, you'll probably there'll be more of me out there doing that if that's what you're looking for. Um, I've We've got ideas. I've got ideas for a couple of things mm. that will just be less taxing but still allow us to- indulge in our love of TV. It's going to be a little ways away, though. Mm. Maybe before the end of the year, maybe not. i got to have a kid first and see what <laughs> <laughs> what the world looks like after that. Yeah. Um, all right. What TV are you looking forward to? Well, succession after this. Mm-hmm. Um, really looking forward to that. I, I am looking – well, it's sad. I am looking forward to the final episodes of A League of Their Own. Yeah. Um. I'll continue to watch Harley Quinn as it as it rolls out. Um, I'm trying to think of like what's coming out. The Doctor I'm- Who stuff oh, with Ross T yes. Davies. I'm pretty excited yes, yes, about. Yes. Um, yeah, Barry good, season hopefully. four mm-hmm. um, is coming soon. Um, there's a lot of. I'm I'm interested in this new season of um, True Detective. Mm-hmm. There's there's a, the the continuation of like. Um, the Lord of the Rings show on Amazon. There's mm-hmm. there's a there's a lot of stuff really. Arcane coming back whenever that happens. There's there's a heap. There's already been a heap this year. Loki season two. Mm. Fucking really looking forward to that. That's not too far away. Secret Invasion to some degree. Um, and or season two when it comes back. There's a ton of television. Um, I mean, I'm really- that was part of the problem with the show. It was like there was so much TV that we were like wanted to watch and wanted to talk about, but there was just yeah. like. So little time, but now we can just watch them. The impulse for me to watch a show, like watch an episode of Succession or something like that, mm. and to write notes has been really hard to stop <laughs> doing. And I just have to remind myself, I don't need to. It's yeah. okay. I can just watch that show. Yeah, I don't know uh, who I'm going to voice my opinions to. I guess I'll have to like- Me. Oh, that's true. Write yeah, me a voice we- note. Okay. 
We can just, <gasps> oh, oh we no, can just Brian, do. We can just opened do. Opened up Pandora's box. I love. I love a voice note. We yeah. can just do. We can just do a secret podcast that only you and I <laughs> are listening to. You know, like normal people. Yeah, normal who just people. talk to each yeah. other about. Shit I mean, and don't we, have to we've bought it. these mics. We might as well use them for the exactly. rest of time. I love the idea that you're going to somehow strap your phone into the like <laughs> professionally record a voice note to send yeah. it to me. Yeah, I think Add it's some important. bumpers, some intro and outro music. Why yeah. not? Apparently, um, you can get those. Um, Zoom attachments for your iPhone that yes. you just stick on the... Maybe I will do that. No, why not? Why that sounds not? hilarious. I'm going to do um, Do you have any predictions, hopes, concerns for where TV is going, like in a more broad and general sense? Because... Um, I don't know if you saw the news. Mm. I'm sure you did, actually, because I sent it to you. Uh, anyone <laughs> else is listening? I mean, I read it, but yeah. Yeah, but the... I just um, a, a couple of times along the last six years, I've mentioned a prediction they're going to remake the Harry Potter mm, books the into yeah. an HBO series, and it would be an individual season, an individual book per season, mm-hmm. and that would happen in about the next ten years. Mm-hmm. Not officially announced yet, but apparently that's what they're fucking doing. So just one more time, I want to say I was fucking right. Like. <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad we waited yeah. long enough for me to get that confirmation so I can pass Just it on. Just for context, that's one last time on the podcast. I'm going to have to hear you say that a million <laughs> no, times no. for the rest of my life. Yeah. It's out there now. I can just play the recording. It's that's fine true. now. I don't need to say it anymore. <laughs> I can just yeah. hear back. It's right. I was right. Mm. Uh, predictions, hopes, concerns. I think we're, I mean, we're already there, which is like blockbuster TV is the thing. And don't get me wrong. I'll. I love a blockbuster TV show. Like I really enjoyed a lot of what Marvel's doing, um, a lot of the Disney Plus kind of Star Wars shows I've really enjoyed. Like I really do like that stuff. But I think smaller stories uh, have already fallen by the wayside and will continue to do so. I think the the pattern of cancelling shows after one season is going to continue, I think, um, the current model of having so many streaming services that cost a certain amount of money and also the shows they want to make cost a certain amount of money is untenable. Um, And I think that will morph into something else. I don't know what that's going to be. Yeah. Um, There's there's a streaming service reckoning coming. There's no doubt about it. There's no – it's just not sustainable – where it is at the moment. Um, I think like the most successful burst. one will buy up all the others and it'll be, you know, like Disney it'll, will own. It, it'll be Disney and HBO and Apple, yeah. I reckon. Um, yeah. Something like that and Amazon. Like it'll be just the conglomerates. Net, I just don't realistically see Netflix lasting forever or not in its current format. Mm. Something's going to give. Yeah. Um. And then all these other little ones along the way will just get eaten up. Mm-hmm. I think it's the only way that it, it's it's the only way it can go, which is pretty sad. It's been interesting, sort of living through the like the wild west of the streaming service and like re- recording it and like mm. all these big gambits they've taken with these shows and what's worked and what hasn't. Well, I wonder um, if it's gonna go up the way of um, also like only certain stories have the opportunity to be told, like. A wider to a wider audience that um, not YouTube as it exists now, but mm-hmm. something similar like YouTube will be created for independent content creators to make things um, probably on their own dime. Um, and we might have like an influx of that. Cause I remember like what 
2006 to 2012, like there was so much really interesting stuff being made on YouTube and sure. Um, See, I feel like the world's moving past YouTube, even though, like, well, you that's what about, I mean. It won't be YouTube; it'll be something else. But adds, like, uh, does that does just Twitch and like streaming become that? Is it is it micro dose? Does like, well, I can't remember what that streaming service was, but there was that one streaming service that did sort of the phone content stuff, mm. right? The little snippet things, and like TikTok and and stories and reels and stuff like that have become such a big part of the way that people yeah. use social well, media seen, now. Like, has it become that? Yeah, a couple of series on um, TikTok where it's like, you know, a million parts and you'll yeah. just get like 30 seconds of like a whole story or whatever. It'll probably be something like I that. I wonder. Um, you know, which is cool if like smaller voices are still finding ways to be heard, um, which they will have to do because Netflix and others are moving away from finding interesting stories that mm. weren't being told on free-to-air television or um, cable or whatever you call it in America, um, they're now just becoming cable and yes. Foxtel and stuff. And yeah. so, yeah, avenues will be found for creatives to find places to tell their stories. I'm interested to see, yeah, what that will look like. AI-generated virtual reality holograms. That's the way TV's going. Can't wait. <laughs> Any regrets? Um, oh. I've got shows we didn't get to review in full. That mm-hmm. I'm sad that we won't be able to do Succession, especially because mm-hmm. I'm really enjoying season four. Buffy, I would have loved to have done in full. Ted Lasso, I would have liked to get to the end of mm-hmm. Loki, Barry, The Great, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. A lot of these shows we sort of got real deep into, and we're only missing them out because we're, we're cutting it short. Mm-hmm. Andor, Arcane, I want to see how that came back. We didn't do Atlanta season four. Never got to do Black, past Black Sail season one. Sorry, JG, GJ. <laughs> Uh, Community, we never got past season two. Good Omens, I wanted to see what that looks like when it comes back. That sequel series, Stranger Things season four. The final couple of seasons of The Crown. Um, Rings of Power. Mm. Like, there's there's a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah. He's stuff, like, if we went forever, I would have liked to have seen some things to the finish line. But, yeah, I mean, that's just the way it is. And I'm sure we would have started other series that then we'd be like, oh, I want to finish that one to the end now as well. well like, that's just are, the way it is with the way things are being made so frequently now. Yeah, There are shows we didn't get to review at all. We didn't get to review Poker Face, which has been one of the best shows I've watched all mm. year. I loved Poker Face. Didn't get to review The Last of Us, um, the best video game adaptation, I think, of any media into any medium Um I can think of. We never got to do Mad Men, Better Call Saul, The X-Files, Deadwood, Lost, Fringe, Happy Endings, Friday Night Lights, The Leftovers, Veronica Mars, Dawson's Creek, Angel, just to force you to watch it. Like, (laughs) that would have finally been fun to do. That's true. Yeah. Um, Severance. I would have loved to have reviewed Severance. We sort of discussed it in one uh, off-topic hot topic, but like- Whoa, there is a lot of good TV out there or at least interesting TV that would have been worth doing. Maybe we can like revisit all of those when we're in the retirement home. We can oh. sit with our microphones by the window. Re- I can't wait chairs. for the retirement home. It's just going to be catching up on Prestige TV and playing video games. Like That's what it. a life. That's Cannot it. wait. Yeah. Um, I regret not giving Ted Lasso season one a five mm-hmm. and I'm officially using my 200th episode powers <laughs> to rectify that much like I did Russian Doll. Mm-hmm. Um. I regret rating The Sopranos season so high. Yeah, me too. We, I regret, yeah, rating a lot of Breaking Bad so high. Yeah, we, we, I think you're right. I think we got sucked into this trap and we felt like we couldn't rate it 
too low mm. because we would somehow be like, I don't know, it would like delegitimize us because obviously it's a, like The Sopranos in particular is a prestige show. It's a beloved show. Mm-hmm. It's the granddaddy of modern television, of, of the golden age of television, if you will. Really don't like that show very much and didn't enjoy it. And yeah. we rated that too high. We 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 set a bar too high that we couldn't come under, and it, yeah. we got trapped. We did. Oh, when uh, we're like eighty, we'll we won't care anymore. We're like, nah, it sucked. I regret fun. not waiting. Not rating upload season one lower, and I regret <laughs> more than anything Glow being cancelled. Oh yeah, me too. We're nearly done. What are we most proud of? As I said already. I'm most proud of your uh, Chorus Season 4 review, particularly for that part we were talking about earlier, your discussion about the importance of Khorasami. I am most proud of our small but dedicated and very kind community of listeners, but I am most, 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 most proud of doing 200 episodes of this mm. with you, Damask. The fact that we did, the fact that we've ever done this one, we could have mm. easily just like gone off into the sunset and never come back to this. It's tempting, but, yeah. Yeah, it would have been real easy. We did it. We did mm. it. Yeah, uh, I think I'm most proud of that as well. I think finishing something. Oh my fin- god! Yeah, finishing something, doing something for six years. Um, yeah, that's. I think that's something to be proud of. And I think for the most part, I like what we made together. Hmm. Mm. Agreed. I think that's it. Thank you very much for listening to Hunting Seasons over the years. You can find everything that we've done via our website, huntingseasonspodcast.com. There is a chance that as time passes, that domain will just link to whatever our episodes are hosted at. Uh, Similarly, our email address will likely go away. So, if you'd like to contact us, please do via, uh, well, social media is not going to really work. Uh, Maybe do it via our uh, email addresses, which we'll get to in a bit. Mm -hmm. Um, In the meantime, I'll also be putting up a link to a database of all our review scores over the years. Mm. Um, So, I'm going to put that on the website and I'll include a link to it as well in the description for this episode. So, even if the website goes in the future, you'll still be able to find it. Um, This may be useful to find TV shows you want to check out or podcast apps you want to listen to. So, I definitely recommend checking that out if you're curious. Our logo comes from Sean Kirkpatrick, aka Shawnee Boy Draws. Thank you, Sean. Our theme uh, theme song and bumpers from Lucas Heil of Birthday Loyalty Club. Uh, and uh, our video graphics and transitions from Liam Gordas of Good Gravy Media for the rare occasions where we did video <laughs> episodes. Find links to their work in our show notes. Thank you all for your support and for helping us and for contributions along the way. Neither Damask nor I are on Twitter anymore, so the best way to reach us is probably via email. Um, contact at huntingseasonspodcast.com is still up. will likely go away also probably in 2024. So, huntingseasonspodcast.com at gmail.com may be the best option in the long run. What we'll be doing next, we're not sure, but we'll post something in the podcast feed when we know. So, Mm -hmm. make sure you stay subscribed to the podcast uh, for updates. Feel free to still tell people about the podcast. Mm. Um, Right now, we're making- The episodes still exist, yeah. They still exist. You can revisit them whenever you want. You can tell others to listen to them. We still get ad revenue. (laughs) So, you know, it's not nothing if you do. Damask, is there anything else you want to say before we sign off for the last time? Um, Just that I have had, well, there's been plenty of times where having to watch these things and talk about them has been difficult. It truly has been. um, The thing I'm probably most proud of that I've ever done and I really thank everyone for, yeah, having been a part of it and listening to it. 
Um, yeah, it's it's been really wonderful. And I'm super happy that that conversation in our kitchen <laughs> resulted in this. <laughs> I concur 100%. Thank you to everyone for listening to this particular episode. Let us ramble and just indulge in celebrating hunting seasons. But I want to celebrate you guys. We don't know what we're going to do yet, but we will be back in some form eventually. In the meantime... Thank you again for listening. We will see you again doing something else. Bye for now. Bye. Good night, everybody. I suppose at the time we were watching like Buffy and stuff like that. Yeah. It was like our TV shows that were shaping us. Sopranos Dawson's wasn't Creek. really on our... Yeah. Mm. Sopranos weren't really the show that was uh, yeah, yeah, didn't shaping us. Yeah, have a us. lot in common with like a 45-year-old mob boss <laughs> who's dealing with anxiety, which is weird because now I do. <laughs> I was going to say, what's changed? I've got way more in common now than I ever did with Buffy. Uh, he and I go to therapy and... That's pretty much how my therapy <laughs> sessions go too. I either try to fuck her or punch her in the face. <laughs> now, had you watched any of the show before? Absolutely zero. Oh, anything. Okay. oh you I know what I had seen? A few I've seen before. the ending of the entire show. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> because at the time, it was one of those things where it was, it was talked about so much and I didn't have any intention mm. to watch the show at the time. Because of how, like, Tony becomes an astronaut and goes into space. Exactly, yeah. right? What a weird choice to yeah. make. interesting. Um, I mean, filled with, like, symbolism and, yeah. like, all those things that, that you sense. reflect on now, yeah. it makes so much sense. <laughs> <laughs> um, Spoiler-free review, right? <laughs> sorry, sorry. Shouldn't be putting spoilers in like that. But, no, I have... <laughs> it's a solid bit. Anyway. <laughs> That's the thing is, like, Sabrina's such a fucking asshole. An asshole. She's, yeah, she just doesn't think. Doesn't think anything through. She <laughs> never has a sceptical mind either. Like, no, it's annoying. When, her, when Ghost Dad shows up and says, oh, I was killed by Father Blackwood and my testament is at the back of the, at the bottom of the ocean or whatever. She's like. You betcha. <laughs> my dad just fucking showed up. She's never like. That was, okay, that scene was very funny. That made me laugh so much. So, they're just, like, hanging out at. Dorian Gray Room or whatever the fuck its yep. stupid name is. Yep. Her Nick just Which doesn't allow women except that it does. It does. But go on. You know. Um, they're just sipping on some lattes or whatever and she looks over and she's like, oh, there's my dead dad. <laughs> and Nick's like, wait, wh- what? And she's like, oh, my dead dad's just over there. And he's like, oh, cool. And then she goes up and has a conversation with her dead dad. <laughs> yeah. And then casually walks back and he's like, oh, he just told me this. And Nick's like, wow, that's cool information. <laughs> what the fuck just happened? Her dead dad is a bit. It's like, isn't this a big fucking moment? She doesn't. He, he died when she was a baby. When she be like, oh my god, dad, I miss you. I love you. It's just like, oh bitch, he did what? It's insane. It's crazy, but I love it. You know why not? Why not? Before I start my review today, I just want to give a quick shout out to friend of the show, Paul Mitzi of the Swapcast podcast, who suggested we watch this show. Paul, I don't know what it is that I did to hurt you, (laughs) whatever it was. (laughs) I literally in my notes, it says, Paul Mitzi is never allowed to recommend a show again. He's banned. He's banned. Whatever it was cannot have been worthy of this. That being said... (laughs) 
<laughs> if this was not an act of aggression, then please don't take what I'm about to say as any sort of personal judgment. In fact, if you truly do, if this truly is your second favorite show of the year, you may even want to skip the rest of this episode entirely. <clears throat> Upload Season 1 is quite possibly the worst show we have reviewed on Hunting Seasons since Netflix's The Defenders, if not since Dead Like Me, way back when we first started the podcast. Like, and it's it's even more hurtful because as we were talking with him in in the last episode and we needed a show to do, feel really bad. we were also talking about, like, how much... We've been through being in Melbourne right now and he was talking about going off with friends for barbecues and stuff. And I thought in our explanation like that he got it and he felt a sense of empathy and now I know he didn't. Now I know he absolutely did not understand what we went through to make me spend five hours, which felt like 15, watching this show. 